In the vast skies of opportunity, pilots chart courses with precision, guided by instruments, training, and instinct. But beyond the horizon of the aeronautical lies another challenge, the intricate tapestry of finance. For every pilot, the journey doesn't end upon landing. It's about securing the future, understanding the nuances of investments, and crafting a legacy. Where do you turn when the charts and maps of finance seem as intricate as the schematics of an aircraft? Welcome to the Pilot's Advisor with Ryan Fleming, a first officer with FedEx on the 777 at the helm. On this show, we'll delve deep into tailored financial strategies, insights, and wisdom crafted exclusively for those who rule the skies. We'll help you navigate your financial flight plan with the same mastery you exhibit in the cockpit. Prepare for takeoff into a journey of financial clarity and empowerment. The Pilot's Advisor starts now. Welcome to another edition of the Pilot's Advisor. We have Dave Beffert, our expert here with the IBC for Pilots and also many other aspects of retirement. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming on again today. Yeah, good to be with you again, Ryan. Let's do and it. And today we've, we want to talk about some survivor benefit options and how that's going to play into this whole strategy and how maybe you can come up with a better way of doing things. Um, Dave, with a lot of FedEx guys and UPS guys that still have a pension, uh, they, they come up with the question of, hey, what am I going to do about that pension and the survivor benefit? And I, I think a lot of them are geared towards doing this 50% survivor benefit, which which is not what I would recommend. And so I'd like to present to you what that looks like and get your opinions on on maybe if there's a better way to to, to set that up. Okay, absolutely. So, so the numbers, the way it works, and I'm going to use uh, FedEx as an example today because this is going to apply to a lot of our uh, clients. When they come up for retirement, and right now the pension's at $130,000 a year, which you know could change if we ever get a contract. But if they pay buy into the 50% survivor benefit, they end up losing about $20,000 out of that pension every single year for that 50% survivor benefit. So if I take $130,000 and I divide that in half for that 50% benefit, that's about $65,000, assuming they earned the full pension. And then after taxes, I mean, we're well into probably high 40s, maybe low 50s is what the uh, spouse is is actually the benefit that they're accruing. But I know we've had some conversations about, hey, is there a better way to do this? What risks are we taking on by doing the 50% survivor benefit, let alone losing that 20 plus thousand dollars uh, out of your pension every single year? And, and that cost, I'm sure, will go up over time with inflation. So, um, but yeah, thanks for being on the show and I'm glad we can discuss these issues. Yeah, this is a great conversation. And it's very, you know, any military guys listening, who are still flying uh, for the guard or the reserves, uh, you know, this will apply to them, even if they're not with FedEx, because as you know, the military has that survivor benefit plan as well. And they, they do something similar. They take something like six and a half percent of your paycheck uh, of your pension every year. And, and they end up paying up to 50% or 55% total of, uh, of your base pay. Right. So the way I looked at that was, uh, essentially take 20% of what you make right now as an active duty officer or military member. And uh, that's what your surviving spouse would be getting. Um, it, it's not a whole lot, 
But you know, let's focus on the, the FedEx guys and that and, and gals and that survivor benefit plan. I've talked to several of of your clients, you know, over the last month, and uh, some of them are approaching retirement. Some of them have twenty years left. Um, so they've got some. Some guys have time to figure this out. Some guys are right on the precipice of having to make that decision. This is this should be automatic. Survivor benefit plan. It's automatic. You're crazy if you don't do it. Go for it. Okay. It, and it may be the right fit for some people, but let's explore some other options first. And let me give you some questions to to ask. Well, absolutely. And, and, and you know, I'm all about planning for retirement. And what that means, that starts in your 30s and 40s. That doesn't start at, hey, I'm 62 and I'm about to retire. Right. And I think we can both agree that there's much better ways of planning for this, this uh, survivor benefit and using other tools. And I know that it's a lot more expensive or not as efficient if we're trying to figure it out for an individual that's 58 to 65 versus if we actually start building something when they're in their 30s or 40s. And I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to educate more and more people so that we can start building these things earlier. Yeah, absolutely. The, the sooner, the better. I mean, when, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time today? So- you know, it's never too late to start thinking about this, but it's never too early either. And especially, you know, you're you're with a you know FedEx or any other major airline, you're gonna be you know you're gonna be making pretty good money over the course of your career. You know, and that that amount's just gonna be going up. Don't don't leave it all to hey, what the company's doing with you uh, or for you with the the pension and the four hundred one k, which all that stuff is is amazing that they do that for you without you having to put anything out of pocket. Um, but start taking some, you know, some other steps and personal responsibility and 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 planning ahead for those things. So, you know, one of the questions I I, I would ask is, hey, when you when you die, you know, there's going to be a morbid conversation. So, when you die, because it's guaranteed to happen, um, how much of your income does your family want replaced? Do they just want half of it, or would they prefer to have all of it replaced? Here's some of the risks that maybe I don't know how well FedEx uh, educates their people. I know how well the military educates their retirees on this stuff, which is very little. They say you should do this. Well, and I would, um, I would say it's about about the same. I mean, unfortunately, as pensions have gone away in our society, it's just thrown upon the individual and I hate and we don't teach it in schools. we don't we don't have any education out there. And FedEx is very similar to the military. There's very little to no uh, education on it, or we don't know where to go to get it. Um, there, there's some some retiree um, meetings that they have, and and I always recommend people to go to those, not when they're about to retire. Go to it in your 30s and 40s, and then you could start making decisions throughout your career that are going to get you in a better place for retirement. But yeah, I, I definitely want to hear how, you know, not only the questions that you're talking about, but but even for the Marines that are listening, presenting a case of how we might be able to do this in a more intelligent fashion. I would say, you know, you don't need to wait until you're 65 to start a survivor benefit plan. You start that when you're 30, 35, 45, like you can start that today. Talk, ask a few questions to make sure people are thinking this through before they make that final decision. Um, and they're thinking of, of everything about it, right? All the risks involved. So what happens, uh, you do the survivor benefit plan and God forbid your spouse predeceases you. Do you get any of that money back that you put in? Or would you be losing that $20,000 out of your pension for right. the rest of your life? Right. 
Right. I mean, if your spouse dies, then the survivor benefit plan ends. So you, you don't have to pay into it anymore, but you don't get that money back either, is my understanding, right? Mm-hmm. All those years you paid into it, but you better make sure you die first. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then you better make sure that your spouse is going to outlive you by uh, you know, a, a certain number of years to make up for everything you paid into that during your retirement. So, I mean, you can do the math pretty easy. You put in 20 grand a year, you know, every three years you pay in is about one year of benefits for your, your spouse. Right. Um, so, you know, a few things have to happen to make sure you come out on top and your spouse comes out on top. One is uh, you need to die first. Um, you know, there's other complications in retirement. I mean, people get divorced. It happens. Um, I don't know. I, well, hold on. Hold person. on. I've never met a pilot that's been divorced. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of them are remarried by the time they're retired, but <laughs> you know, the, the divorce rate for second marriages is even higher than, than first marriages. Right. Well, so, and, and there's a big transit transition there too, because most of these pilots have been out flying and gone for two weeks out of every month. Oh yeah. They now they're home all day, every day. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a big transition. So, and I always joke about that too, that, you know, she or he doesn't like you that much and you need to ease into this whole retirement thing and slowly uh-huh. work less. And, and that's in, for everybody's case, but uh, sorry, I digress. I interrupted yeah, you. Well, and, and I don't know the specifics, you know, in, in a divorce with FedEx, the, the survivor benefit plan, does, do you have to keep paying into that? Does that person get to, I don't know, but it, you know, make sure you do know those specifics before you make that final decision. Um, not that anybody ever plans on getting divorced, but hey, it happens. Um, you know, what about, so if you get, now your spouse gets 65 grand a year, where's the rest of the income coming from? Um, if he or she wants to maintain that standard of living, they're going to have to pull more from the 401k, right? To supplement that, which means potentially the 401k isn't going to last as long, right? Or maybe Maybe they just have to to go with a a lower standard of living at that point. So where's the other income coming in to replace what you've built up right now? You know, and sadly, every time I ask these questions or I do the analysis, people are underprotected to where they might be living a lifestyle day to day right now of making three hundred thousand dollars a year, and their their family, the spouse, would have to live off of like almost maybe. In most cases, it's it's crazy. It's like 70 grand a year. Overnight, your life has drastically changed. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if you're not in retirement yet, you're going back to work. Yeah. How many times have you been to Target or uh, you know, Home Depot and you see the the silver haired old guy, super friendly guy working at the counter or or greeting you and you're like, ah, what a nice guy, but man, something didn't go right in his financial planning, right? To get him to this point, you know. Um you're right. And so something my mom said, I told her this before she retired like three years ago. I was like, mom, um, you know, every day is Saturday in retirement, right? I mean, that's kind of the saying, every day is Saturday. And she, uh, we were talking just recently. She's like, you know what? You were right. I thought I would spend less in retirement. I'm spending the exact same I was spending when I was working full time. If not more, because you have all that free time to go to breakfast, go to lunch, you know, travel. Right. No, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, think about lifestyle. So, so those are some risks um, that, that you need to consider because you are taking on some risk. It's a, it's a little bit of a bet, right? So a, a few things have to happen 
for you to come out on top in that financial equation. So now let's talk about a, a, a different option. You know, I am a huge and, and you are big proponents of the infinite banking concept, which is really teaching people to create and control the banking function in their own lives, you know, keep some capital under their own control. Add this as part of what you're already doing. You know, keep doing what you're doing. You can add this as a supplement to what you're doing, which will only create more guarantees and certainty in your life. But I, I look at this plan and, you know, and this involves permanent life insurance. So we're talking about permanent life insurance contracts that are specially designed to, to accumulate that capital, have access to that capital, leverage it, let it grow compounded, uninterrupted for every day of your life until the day you die. But attached to that is a huge death benefit. Right. And the, you know, life insurance death benefits are paid out income tax free. So you don't got to worry about the taxes. Um, so it's a lot. I, I really relate this to a survivor benefit plan, but you can start this survivor benefit plan today instead of waiting until you retire. So if you retire, you're, you're giving away 20 grand a year. Well, let's just take that number and start putting 20 grand a year towards this right now. By the time you retire, not only, you know, let's say you're 35 or 40 years old, by the time you retire, not only will you have more than than what you've paid into that thing in in available cash value, but you'll have more death benefit than than your spouse probably will even need, right? Which is a great thing. Well, a- absolutely, especially paying into it for that many years. And what I found conceptually, like, is you and I know that this is in everyone's best interest. It's whether they can see it or not. Right. But conceptually, when I start talking about, hey make this the fixed income portion of your portfolio. And and looking at it that way, and regardless of what that asset allocation is going to look like, but let's say, hey, we want it to be 20 to 25%, maybe even 30% of all your assets by the time you retire. When they start looking at it that way, and hey, it's going to drastically reduce the volatility in your your portfolio, and you can keep the throttles up on your remaining funds that are invested in the market, it really starts to make sense. And I've, and I've found that conceptually, guys, pilots can see that and they go, oh, this is awesome. So what you're saying is not only can the fixed income portion totally reduce my volatility, it will never lose value. And then all the stuff we're talking about now is the and, and it does this, and it does yeah. that. Right. Well, so let's just focus on comparing this directly to survivor benefit plan. Let's say you start putting the same money away now that you'll be putting away in your pension. Well, not only will you have all of that money recaptured in, in your cash value inside of your policy by the time you retire, now you don't have to give away another 20 grand in retirement. Now you have an extra 20 grand every year that maybe you just use that to continue funding your policy premium because at that point you put 20 grand in there, you're probably going to create 30 grand in cash value. Like it's extremely efficient by that point. So it's a lot like, you know, I would say infinite banking is a lot like survivor benefit plan. The differences are one, you get to use it while you're alive. That 20 grand you're putting away every, every year, you have access to that, what, what the cash value that's created. So it's not gone. It's not a sunk cost and gone forever. You have access to it today. Well, Dave, Dave, what amazes me though, when people put money into even a even a taxable investment account, they think of it just like they're giving it away forever, like they can never access it, like it's a retirement investment, you know, like a four hundred one k or a Roth mm-hmm. or something like that. And that is just not the case. We we are just putting it here, but it is still liquid. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah. Well, it's because we've been, I hate to use the word brainwashed, but we've been marketed to that think long-term these financial institutions, and I'm not going to you know lump everybody in together because there's some that, that actually tell their clients the truth and that they can access funds and they can do this and that. And there are other things they can do with it. But most institutions say, give us your money, give it to us on a consistent basis. Let us keep it for as long as possible. And when you want it back, take as little as possible back out, right? They make no mention that, hey, if you need, need it, you can get some access to it because those companies don't want, don't want you to have access to that. So there are, your money's not locked away right? It's still your money. No matter where it is, there might be some hoops you have to jump through to get it from one place or another. But like you said, that cash, it's not gone forever. You know, if you're putting it in a retirement plan, if you're putting it in the survivor benefit plan, it is, it is gone forever. Once you paid that bill, you're not getting it back. It reminds me a lot of term, like term insurance. It's like term insurance. Once you pay that that premium, you're not getting anything back on that ever. The only way to win is to die on time. Yeah, the that's only the only way job. I, with- I actually <laughs> tell people that when they when they have a term policy, I'm like, well, that's awesome. It looks like you're protected to your 69, but you better yeah. be sure you die before then, or else this is all just a waste. Yeah, or it was all yeah. It you know it made you feel good along the way, <laughs> I guess. And I'm not going to downplay the term. I have term insurance also as part of my to supplement my whole life insurance, right? Until I have enough permanent whole life that I don't need any more term. So it, it does a purpose, but it's not, it, it is not, um, it should not be your only form of life insurance. Um, so another thing- What are the numbers on term now? How, how often does a term policy pay out? About 1% of the time. It's a huge moneymaker for life insurance companies because they almost never have to pay it out. Yeah, because people either stop paying it, they live past that term, you know, that 20 years or what have you. And yeah. 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 And by the time you're 69, you're not going to re up for another policy because that term, nobody's writing that check for oh, one I year of term insurance. How expensive it must be by then. Yeah. And gets more expensive every year. So, whereas properly designed whole life insurance gets less expensive over time. And in fact, you can eliminate your premium altogether and your cash value and debt benefit will continue to rise. So, see, that's a crazy part. Once you understand how this truly works, because you know, of course, when people hear whole life insurance, they it, it's it's gotten a bad name for many many years. Yeah. But once they understand what we're doing is something totally different, I get excited to put more money in my policies. I get excited for that anniversary, so I can dump more cash in there, and those dollars are going to make me money forever. Like I get excited about it. Yeah, me too. In fact, I'm I've got on my whiteboard up here one of my tasks is to open up four more policies for, for my kids. So I, you know, time to, I've got my capital needs to reside somewhere. I paid all of my premiums. I repaid all my loans and I still have cash sitting in somebody else's bank. That's a no, no for me. That cash needs to be sitting in my own bank, uh, which is inside my properly designed policies. Well, that's how you can tell when somebody actually gets it or not. Yeah. So, yep. So another, another way, this system, I, infinite banking, is is superior, in my opinion, to the survivor benefit plan. Is your family will get way more than just half of your income after you're gone. In fact, they'll get multiples of your income. So there's 
um, you know, in the form of that tax-free death benefit payout. And then finally, you know, one of the biggest differences, you take none of the risk with the infinite banking plan, with the whole properly designed whole life insurance policy, you're taking none of the risk. All that risk is transferred to the insurance company. Um, with the survivor benefit plan, we already talked, you are taking the risk. You're taking the risk of, of uh, your spouse dying before you. That's a risk, you know, and then you get no money. Taking the risk of your spouse dying very quickly after you die, uh, in which case you don't, you know, that, that money doesn't come back. And then if you, you know, if, if there's no spouse remaining, do your kids get anything? You know, I don't think so. Maybe there's some stipulation, some some way, like a special needs child, you could do something like that for a survivor benefit plan, but there's no legacy that that's going to leave for your children or your grandchildren, where properly designed whole life insurance is going to leave a, cre it's really going to start a generational legacy for kids, grandkids, and so on. Well, absolutely. And, and do you mind taking a second and just... We, we know the dynamics of what we're trying to present here and what we're trying to explain and get our listeners to understand. Can you just give us a basic idea of what this would look like? Like, let's say you're, let's say you're 45 or 50 years old. Let's say we start something. It doesn't have to be a huge amount, but we need to start something. And in your ideal world, because I know what it looks like for me in my ideal world, but the way you would view it, how somebody should start this and what would it look like by the time they retire? Really, the way I say, I, uh, I tell people you can fund up to 30% of your income in, in life insurance premium. Uh, that's a big step for some people. I've got many clients who do that though. Uh, several pilots who've seen the light. They, they've, un, they, they've done the research. They understand it. We've had conversations that are like, I make 330 a year. I'm paying $99,000 in premium. And they want to do that indefinitely. Um, that could be a step too far. I say, at a minimum, most people do between 10 to 30%. And one of the basic wealth building principles is save 10% of your wealth, of, of your income, right? So, and I think that's very comfortable. I think most people are used to saving 10%, but hey, you just, you're about to get a 30% raise or you did with this yeah. new contract. So yeah. then, hey, what are we doing? Where are we going to earmark that? Well, and that premium becomes easier to pay every single year as a pilot because you're making more money every year. Absolutely. Right. So that premium, now that $20,000 premium um, was 10% of your paycheck. Shoot, before a couple of years from now, it's only going to be like 7% of your paycheck, you know, and then 5%. So it becomes easier to pay over time. Well, we've, we've talked in the past about how you don't know what you don't know. Every single one of these dollars is actually going into a vehicle that's going to be tax free forever. And I've found myself saying to so many guys as they're, getting closer and closer to retirement, I go, you don't you're don't. you not going to have a money problem in retirement. You're going to have a tax problem. Tax problem. Yeah, for sure. And it's hard when you're 40 or 50 to see that. But being a being a financial advisor, I mean, I, I, I see it and I see what's going on. And I deal with people that are in retirement right now, not even touching their 401k and they have a massive tax issue coming yeah. down, the, you know, coming down the pipe. And, I, and I think that's the case for a lot. Of, I was talking to a uh, one of your clients this week, maybe yesterday or the day before, he's just going to live off of his FedEx pension and his uh, military pension and not even touch the 401k until he hits 72 and he has to. So I was like, well, what a great idea. And then you have ideas on how to fund that premium in retirement. In fact, I've got a whole podcast episode on how to fund the premium in retirement, which you can do. I mean, 
this guy was talking about not even taking social security. I was like, well, you take social security now and just use that to fund the premium. Well, and, and actually after retirement, depending on what tax bracket they're in, that between the time you retire and then when the RMDs start coming down the pipe for you, you want to start moving money from those tax deferred accounts and get them somewhere right. else, which why not a tax or a tax free account prior to yeah. RMDs or you're going to get stuck with that big bill, whether you want it or not. Oh yeah. You and I are so aligned on that. That's the exact conversation we had. I was like, it's, it's actually to your benefit to start reducing that 401k account before you hit RMD age. Because yeah, then you get, they're going to make you take out what 40, 50, 60 grand a year. I don't know that. And you're like, well, I don't even need that. I'm, I'm living off 180 from my two pensions. I don't need that extra 50. Well, doesn't matter. You got to take it anyway. And oh, by the way, you're in the next higher tax bracket now, which Bumps you up, knows yeah. what it might be by then. I mean, we, we might have 40 or 50% tax brackets. You know, we're historically low right now. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now called Taxes Have Consequences. And uh, it, it's really interesting. We're historically low. And what's funny is like the top earners, doesn't matter what the tax brackets are, they pay, they figure out a way to earn, only pay 20, 25% in taxes um, because they have the means to to have the, the the CPAs, the attorneys figure it out for them. In retirement, you're not going to want to spend the money to figure out how to eliminate your taxes. And you're not going to have a lot of tax deductions in retirement, right? Probably don't have any more kids you can claim on your child tax credit. Um, you may not have a mortgage on your house anymore, so no mortgage insurance. Um, you know, just so many things that, that you take for granted right now uh, that you won't have in retirement. So you're talking, you know, 100% of your income being taxable. Wouldn't it be nice to have a large amount of capital you can pull from completely tax-free, which is what these whole life policies allow you to do. Attention aviators. When you've spent years in the cockpit managing the complexities of flight, isn't it time you navigated your retirement with the same precision? Introducing retirepilots.com. Right at your touchdown zone on our homepage, there's a beacon flashing, get my free toolkit. Click and you'll be cleared for a direct route to the Pilot's Advisor Retirement Toolkit, which is tailor-made for pilots like you. Inside, you'll find two important books, The Pilot's Advisor and Pilots Retire Early. Decipher the nine critical decisions when retiring before 65 and discover the seven lessons to help pilots land safely in retirement. But that's not all. This free toolkit is packed with altitude high value, including extras to get your retirement plans off the runway. When you order this free toolkit, you'll receive crucial tax planning information. You'll also discover ways to light the afterburners on your 401k, and you'll even earn a free portfolio analysis. So captains and first officers, don't let turbulence disrupt your golden years. Start your descent to a clear, comfortable retirement. Vector on over to retirepilots.com to grab your free Pilots Advisor Retirement Toolkit. And let's embark on this journey together. Retirepilots.com. You've talked about being brainwashed earlier. Everybody's been told that they'll be in a lower tax bracket when they're in retirement. And the reality is it's not happening. I mean, we, we live the reality as people hit retirement. And especially if you have pensions, Yeah, you are not in a lower tax bracket. Yep. And then you start taking social security and then what, 80% of that's going to be taxed. Right and away. Think, because of the pensions. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. we pay social security taxes and then we pay taxes 
on getting that money returned to us. So yeah. the, the, the government gets, you know, double. Well, if you read any of my books, it's the biggest Ponzi scheme that has ever been developed. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad, and it'll just continue because it's it's political suicide to to cut off Social Security. But that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that doesn't mean they're not going to come for you, big earners, you high earners. Oh, you guys, you're making way too much money. You don't need all that money, so we're going to cut your Social Security benefits drastically because you don't need it. Well, it's going to happen. And, and, you know, we know there's going to be, it's going to be a reduced amount. I know that. I mean, that's happening no matter mm-hmm. what, but I do think to. it's going to be means tested at some point. Well, Hey, Johnny, it looks like you did a really, really good job saving for retirement. We see all these other tax deferred assets you have. You don't need social security. We're going to give it to Dave over here. No, sorry. I didn't mean to use Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave planned well. <laughs> oh, Dave planned yeah, well for retirement. Isn't yeah. that the way it always works though? It's like, you know, oh, hey, we're going to forgive your student loan debt. Oh, well, what about all the parents who worked really hard to save and pay their kids college? You know, or those, the way we're, we're supposed, or the kids worked really hard and paid it off, right? Yeah, those that went into the service to get a free education, those that yeah. worked through college and had three jobs to pay off their debt, and then suddenly you're going, what? What happened? Yeah, yeah. Talk about creating some animosity between uh, between folks that didn't need to be there. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Well, God, there's so many things about these topics that I just feel like, oh, and we can talk about this and we can talk about that. One of the big things I've been working on here recently is trying to explain and make a video about how this naturally, not only does it fix the survivor benefit problem, but it actually fixes the whole or becomes the volatility buffer. So sequence of returns risk completely goes away. Right. Right. And that's a big one. Um, that not enough people know about. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think 2022 made it real for people that they could see, Hey, you know, what if, what if I retire right when the markets are down 20% and that was only one year. I mean, they've, they've recovered this year a decent amount, but what if you have multiple years of, of down returns and, and too many people have too much of their assets tied up in the S and P 500. And we had the lost decade from 2000 to 2010 where it made no money. Right. You want to talk about blowing up a whole retirement plan? Yeah. Yeah. That's sad, man. Um, and, and the the truth is there's there's probably going to be a down market at least every five years on average. Every um, four. Even, every yeah, four. I mean, so if you're going to live 20 years in retirement or even 30 because people are living into their 90s these days, like how many, that's a lot of down years. And if you're taking money out of that, plan while it's down, you're selling low instead of selling high, you know, like, like everything's predicated on you're selling low. Ooh, recovering from that's not possible. You just can't, you don't have the time remaining to do it. So like you mentioned, volatility buffer, if you have a stack of capital over here inside your whole life insurance policy, and you can access all of that capital, all the growth on that capital over the years that's accumulated, completely tax-free, well, you don't need to take money out of the the down market. You just stop taking any withdrawals, go over here, take your tax-free income until the market rebounds and and Ryan says it's safe to take money out again. So Absolutely. No, and it works like a dream. It really does once you start building it out and see it uh, actually doing its thing. I just, my job is to educate people and show them and, and get them to see it. And and you've heard me say this multiple times. I already said it on this podcast. I know it's in your best interest 
I'm not trying to sell you this. I know it's in your best interest. I just need to educate you and show you enough so you can see it. Because once you conceptualize it, then you're on board with it. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you about this because you're the expert on on these IBC policies, these overfunded whole life policies. And, and yes, I know a considerable amount about them, but this is your world. And I've heard people talk about how they, two questions to ask yourself. Number one, I've heard of be called a Roth, a Roth IRA on steroids. But also the question is, if you could put an unlimited amount of money into a Roth IRA, how much would you put in there? Yeah. If you knew that every dollar you put in was going to get returned to you and then returned in, in multiples to your family, how much would you want to put in there? So I hate comparing this to a Roth IRA, actually, because the big difference is a Roth IRA, you're still in bed with the government. Life insurance, you're not. Life insurance is completely outside of the purview of the IRS. Um, your, your money goes in there after tax and and it'll never be taxed again. It's essentially blind to the IRS, you could say. Um, so, and you have access to it. You can do whatever you want with it. You know, Roth IRA, IRA is, a, is another great bucket of tax-free retirement income. That's the difference that is so huge. Like we know tax never money is the best kind of money. And I yeah. think the average person walking down the street knows, hey, I want more Roth money. I want more money in that tax never bucket. But what we haven't even talked about as we're comparing these, when you put money into your Roth IRA or your Roth 401k, it's gone until you retire 59 and a half or you're going to get a huge penalty for it. What we're right. talking about doing, you put your capital into this tax-free bucket, but you can use it every single year whenever you want for whatever you want to live from now until you retire. Right. Do you, do you think between now and retirement, if you're 45 years old, do you think there might be an emergency that pops up in the next 20 years that that was completely unexpected? I'd guarantee it. Uh, and do you think you might need some access to capital to get through that emergency? Maybe it's a furlough. Maybe it's a, a strike. Maybe whatever. There's a lot of things that could happen between now and then. Maybe it's a huge medical event. But having access to that capital without being penalized. And not only this, you can access that capital and you're still earning on it, even while you're using it. So you the don't ever lose. Asset. Yeah, you never lose the uninterrupted compound growth of that cash, even while you're leveraging it. Well, and I think that that's where we, you know, getting people to understand that. I think you 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 get the whole, uh, and, we, and we'll continue to talk about these on podcasts. Wait, 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 I got to pay to get my money back? It's it's it just it just blows my mind that that we're able to get this much money into a tax free vehicle, still use it for things that come up, and it's going to continue to grow on the, however much we've put in. And I, I ask people all the time we we have huge liquidity problems with a lot of clients, and that one of my questions is I want to know how where your liquid security is, and they go, well, what are you talking about? And I go, something just happened because it will, mm -hmm. and we need sixty thousand dollars. Where is it going to come from? And you, oh, well, would... I, I've got half a million dollars of equity in my home. Okay, good. Good luck getting to that when you need it. And at rates right now, guess what you're going to pay, even if you can get that HELOC. Yeah, it's going to be eight nine percent right now on a on a HELOC easy. Yep, right? and it adjusts no matter what. Yeah. So right. and unfortunately, the most of the time I get not my clients that I've gotten them going going down the right path, but in many cases I get the deer in the headlights look. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question to ask. Where's that money going to come from? You know, um, it's almost as if the future is unknown and we don't know what's going to happen. 
But so. yet we feel very comfortable leaving, you know, for those that do have some liquid security, we feel very comfortable leaving it sitting over in a savings account. You know, I call it going broke very safely because you're not even keeping up with inflation. Yeah. But yet we yeah. feel so comfortable doing that, but it seems hard to do what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah we could have a whole nother episode on why life insurance companies are safer than banks. Um even historically and, and why that is. But uh, yeah, my, my money for my money, way safer and way more benefits keeping it inside my life insurance contracts, as opposed to in somebody else's bank. Well, let's earmark that for another episode. We're actually already in trouble. I I promise my, my listeners, I try to stay around 30 minutes. Um, We're, we're past that already, but you get me talking on something as sexy as life insurance, man, I'll keep going. (laughs) You got to cut me off. Well, and the funny part is I feel like every time we get on a podcast to talk about this, it, it, it can go everywhere because there's so many different benefits. It's not a one, one-tiered one conversation. Yeah. It really can help you with so many different things in retirement or even like we were just talking about in day-to-day life right now, not only protecting your money, letting every single dollar you've ever made grow for you for the rest of your life and yep. still have that liquidity. It, it really is a a great... and and. It, you know, we all have different differing opinions on exactly how to say it. And I know we shouldn't ever compare it to an investment, but I think it is a very, very sexy asset class. Yeah. And, uh, and a guaranteed asset class. So and, 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 nice and to so have some guarantees. 99% of the time you can't even use that word guaranteed. Right. Yeah. In my line of work, I can. Yeah, you can, you can. And that's why I bring you on. So you can say those things. And uh, Dave, um, I feel like we have to have you on the podcast more and more. We appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate you taking care of so many of our clients. Um, and, you know, we're going to continue to try to educate and give people more and more tools to to retire. And, uh, and what I like to say, to land in retirement safely. Let's do it. All right, brother. I appreciate your time. All right. You bet. We'll All right. You. Hey, wait. I want you to say one of your things that you talk about with uh, IBC that you end the show with. Hey, control your capital or somebody else will. All right, brother. Have a good one. Thanks for being on the podcast. 